eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 71. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman there, that handsome devil. And today, Rick, we're talking rookie performances after the first full week of preseason football games. And look, a lot of rookies stood out. And I know you don't like to read too much into just a handful of plays at this point in the process. But Rick, tell me, is there any rookie or even a young quarterback that has a chance to start this year that, that got your attention in these first games here? Well, that's what we'll be talking about over this next hour on all you, these guys. So, you want to tease one name that you really were impressed with? Um, you know, I was really impressed with is uh, Anthony Richardson. Oh, my. I love it! I love it! I'm going to go. And this this will get our buddy angry. I'm going to quit mentioning his name because we talked too much about him. But I'm going to go with Bryce Young. I was actually impressed with Bryce Young. Oh yeah. Well, he played under fire from start to finish the six snaps he was on the field, but I thought he did some good things. Uh, also, another name I mentioned who I thought did really well was Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, out of UCLA for the Browns. And I'm going to go with a little deep cut here with another player to tease you with here. And this is a guy, Rick, it turns out, was just a uh, was a former member of the old Just Good Football Player Club for old Ryan Wilson here. Illinois safety, Sidney Brown, now with Debo's Eagles. Nine tackles. He was flying all over the field. Played mostly deep safety. He was near the line of scrimmage for a few plays. But those are some of the concerns we had throughout the draft process. We'll talk about that. Um, I don't know if you watched Sidney Brown because you didn't love him as much as I did, but uh, I was impressed. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get a chance to watch him. Debo gave us 25 guys to do. And after my <laughs> getting back this weekend from another job that I had, you know what I felt like? What? Because I was uh, delayed in Birmingham Airport for over three hours. And then I finally get to Atlanta and I run you know, like uh, through the terminal from terminal C to terminal T, which is a good. That's a good little hump. That's a good little hump. So uh, sprinting through there and then <laughs> sitting there and then find out that that flight's delayed for another two hours. <laughs> so you're sweating for no reason. <laughs> yeah, trying to find something to eat. And then I go to the bathroom. I was going to, sh- you know, I felt like what? the movie Tom Hanks when he lived in the terminal. Oh, uh, what is that called, Debo? I thought you were going to say planes, trains, and automobiles, like Steve uh, Martin and that, uh, Lost in Translation? No, that, that, that's Steve Bill Murray. Murray. <laughs> See if there was a movie Tom Hanks played in where he actually lived in a terminal. I think there was one, but uh, you didn't mention the part where you just hung out in the Delta Club in Atlanta for the. Unfortunately, the Delta Club closes at 11 at night. So you're oh, sitting... you were there late night. 
Yeah, uh, I was thinking it's just called the terminal. Oh, you had it, Rick. You had it right. The terminal. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> I figured you were more like planes, trains, and automobiles, where you're Steve Martin out of the car rental place. Your car is in there, and you're cursing up a blue streak on your way back to, to yell at the woman behind the counter. Yeah, and, I, and the only positive thing on the planes, I got to finish watching the uh, Tulsa King uh, on Paramount Plus because Paramount Plus apparently teamed up with Delta, but they only had three episodes. So, oh, well, I'm again, telling you, I literally think this guy flies just to access yeah. Paramount Plus. Yeah, he I can't access it on my computer. Uh, I can do it on the Delta flights, but I can't do it at all. Just call me, please, so I can get your thing set up. I can't wait till I get the charge because it's on my credit card because I had to sign up, Rick, through my corporate card where I get a call from corporate about why I have a $10,000 Paramount Plus charge on my credit card. I'm going to say, see, Rick's doing All right. Anyway, hang around because not only will we talk about all the rookies and young quarterbacks, we'll also highlight the non-quarterback rookies who had bid weekends from Sidney Brown to Deuce Vaughn to Keon White and more. So hang around for that. And remember, we're down the home stretch, Rick, in the summer scouting series. We hit every position but the defensive backs, and that'll be the show on Thursday. So check out all the other shows from QBs to wide receivers to Ed Rushers and more in the podcast feed. And finally, if you like what we do here, take a second to hit the old thumbs up on YouTube at NFL on CBS and subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it helps us grow the show, and it literally takes 10 seconds. 10 seconds was not the amount of time Rick spent in the airport yesterday or the day before. One of his side jobs. Uh, Rick, let's start with the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks and, and youngish quarterbacks. They could be year two guys. It could be guys um, like Jordan Love, for example, who has a chance to start for the first time in his career, even though he's in year four. I just watched Trey Lance this morning. Uh, he's going into year three. He'll be battling Brock Purdy. Trey Lance did not look great, but again, why don't you give the disclaimer, <clears throat> excuse me, about why you should not be too high or too low on a player's performance after one week of preseason? Because I, I had some strong feelings. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you just because they're just running their base offense and their base defense. And they're not, as you've seen Trey Lance running around um, because that protection wasn't very good. Uh, you got backup offensive linemen in there. You have some of the teams like Arizona running blitzes every other play. <laughs> so you got guys that aren't going to play in a regular NFL season. They're just learning the system trying to pick up zero uh, blitzes or blitzes from here or there. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, the the good and the bad. You remember there's no game planning. Um, most teams are just running what they ran with their base packages. They don't want to show much because of the regular season coming up. Um, so as teams, and the hardest game to get ready for, to be honest with you, is that first game because there's really no true tape out there on what the, the – what they do other than their base defenses, except some of these teams did send the uh, kitchen sink uh, at some of these quarterbacks. <laughs> the old Steve Spurrier approach when he was uh, the old ball coach in Washington in the preseason game where they would go forward and beat every team 60 to nothing every week. Yeah, and then uh, end up not doing as well in the regular end season. End up not doing as well. All right, let's start with the rookie quarterbacks uh, at the top here. And my guy... And this is a guy that I didn't think would get drafted. I think you were surprised that he got drafted as well. Maybe you changed your mind late in the process. But Stetson Bennett ended up being a fourth-round pick. And this dude absolutely balled out. Again, this is Rams versus Chargers. Uh, what did he do for his numbers here? 17 to 29, 191 passing yards. I He looked really good. And, again, maybe it's a function of him being older, having more experience, and being confident with, with the things he was able to do. I thought he threw the ball on time. Doesn't have a great arm, never did. He's athletic. We saw those things. I thought the ball, he threw some anticipation. 
Uh, a lot of positive things there. And I think there's a, probably a chance he gets a, he, he might play if Matthew Stafford's hurt. He might be number two in line. What would you think of Stetson Bennett? Yeah, well, I would like cool the Jets a little bit because probably his first five throws, three of them should have been picks. The so, very first throw should have been a pick six. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> well, a couple throws there. He settled down. Yeah, uh, and played better, but I don't know if I'm going to crown him the uh, preseason Hall of Fame yet, like you just did. I gave him an A plus. He's in, he's at the top of my list, so that that uh, spoiler alert. So Rick disagrees, but go ahead. Yeah, but he was a timing rhythm thrower, like you said. Um, you can tell the experience he had at college compared to like an Anthony Richardson, who maybe played 17 guy games. This guy played 7,000 games in college. <laughs> So he's going to have a little more experience, a little more savvy out there, probably seen uh, some of the things that he was seeing against the Chargers. Uh, but when he can get in rhythm, and I agree, a couple of the routes that I was watching, there was a deep out route that he threw, and the ball was out of his hands before the receiver got out of his break. So to me, that was a sign of a veteran-type quarterback. So he was good. Um Although if he would have thrown those three picks in the five he threw, then you wouldn't probably be putting him in a Hall of Fame right now. Not yet. I think he'll be a viable backup in the league just because of the experience, um, because you see some of the athleticism. He does have that savvy. I mean, there's no question he has some cockiness to him on the way he plays. And, and by the way, we heard uh, during the combine, he was sort of a borderline a-hole during the interviews, but that could also be a good thing in terms of having confidence, right? Yeah, because he plays with it. He plays with that swagger, confidence, or cockiness, whatever you want to uh, say. But the one thing is that he has to understand at this level, he has more confidence in his arm strength than probably is there. He and should, yeah. Some of those uh, should have been picked uh, because some of the throws that you get away in college with, uh, you're not going to get away at the NFL, especially when the varsity's playing. Yeah. Fair enough. Throwing to George Pickens against uh, Alabama State's a little different than playing against the 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 ones uh, in the NFC uh, West. There, by the way, and I don't I don't know if you remember this, but how many games do you think Stetson Bennett will start this year? You and I had a bet a few months ago, and I'll see if you you were close to what you originally thought. I can't. Did I? Did we bet? Was it because Stafford got hurt? It was over the over. The, I think it was after that Stetson got drafted. And I probably made some stupid proclamation about, well, I think he'll play this many games. So I'll tell you the I, uh, two games. Does he start more or fewer? Well, the only way he starts is if Stafford gets hurt. So right. That's, I mean, unless he gets beat out, but I think he's going to be their backup quarterback. Well, you're not answering the question. Does he start more than two or fewer than two? I don't know. Let me look into my crystal ball and see when Matthew Stafford's shoulder is going to fall off. Or, or, or. Do you know how bets work? You can't make a bet after it's happened. I bet on – making sure that I'm going to win the better else I don't bet. Well, this is the bet that you made according to Debo's notes. $1, Ryan says Stetson Bennett starts two games. Okay, did I say yes or no? Well, you took that he would start fewer than two games, so you don't think he's going to play at all, or he might play one game. Starts. Has to okay, start. Well, that's play. a bet because the only way he's going to play is if Stafford's hurt. Well, you made the bet. You can't go back on the bet. So, okay, great. <laughs> 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 I've got about, I'm playing on house money right now. But you way. really are. You're up so far. You can give me that one. All right, let's move on. Seth, so uh, good performance from Stetson Bennett. We'll see what happens over the next two weeks and how much he plays and what that means. But I think it's a positive um, start. I would imagine Sean McVay is probably happy aside for the, uh, the the few pick sixes that almost were. But now, Rick, let's go to Cleveland and a guy who's been also really impressive, even though he wasn't on a lot of 
we didn't talk a lot about him throughout the draft process because he wasn't one of the big quarterbacks. He ended up being the, uh, a fifth-round pick. He was a 10th quarterback drafted. Doreen Thompson-Robinson, another strong performance. He played a lot in the Hall of Fame game a week and a half ago, uh, and he played again against the Commanders uh, over the weekend. Nine of 10 for 102 yards, one touchdown. Also earned a Ryan Wilson A+. Plus. Um, had a touchdown, ran the ball three times for 11 yards. Um, his arm strength is continues to be impressive. He had a good arm at UCLA, and one of the things I thought he struggled with at UCLA was decision-making and throwing with anticipation. His decisions have been a lot better. Again, you said you're not going against any sort of scripted defenses. You're just playing out there, but he's still making good decisions. We've seen some quarterbacks make bad decisions over this weekend here, and I thought he's starting to throw with a little more anticipation. I don't know if that's because he's more comfortable He's a he's maturing. I don't know what it is, but it, it's been sort of fun to watch. And the backups for Josh Dobbs and who's the other backup? Oh, Kellen Mond. I think there's a real chance that DTR could end up being QB two before it's all said and done. Yeah, I would agree with the way he's played the first two preseason games. And I went back and watched a little bit of the Jets game as well. And uh, <clears throat> there's no question about the athleticism. I I don't think the question was about the arm talent or the athleticism. The question to me was his accuracy, which I had issues with coming out at UCLA. And he seems to be throwing a ball with better anticipation, like you stated, better accuracy. So I think right now, and, and talking to some people uh, on the streets, that he is <laughs> a legitimate uh, competition uh, behind Dobbs, although Cleveland loves Dobbs. Uh, okay. Dobbs will probably end up being the two, but you can see this kid at least pushing for that number two spot. Yeah, he he uh, he did a lot of great things. The nine for ten sort of bears that out. All right, next up, another rookie drafted fourth overall, Anthony Richardson. You talked about it. he only made thirteen career starts uh, at Florida, and you know Shane Sykes, new coach, came over as the OC from Philadelphia, where he and Jalen Hurts had all the success. Jalen Hurts in college started forty two games between Alabama and uh, Oklahoma, so that's the difference. You hope for the same outcome at some point, and we saw glimpses of it. In Buffalo, now he had a terrible interception on what looked like a double clutch to the right. Uh, it looked like he tried to force it. I don't know if he and the wide receiver weren't on the same page, but Shane Sykin later took responsibility. He said it was a communication issue. So good move by Shane Sykin, whether he's telling the truth or not. Just take the blame and don't worry about it. But every other throw, my word, uh, the arm strength remains to be top flight. The throw to Alec Pierce should have been down at the one, and it went through Alec Pierce's hand. So it would have been a tough catch, but you want Alec Pierce to make that catch. But the ability to flick the ball 40 yards and make it look easy and drop it into a bucket over the defender was, was something special. Um, he was throwing lasers to, to the tight end, Kyle Grant's in the middle of the field. Uh, he was beating second-level defenders with these throws. I, I was, It could have gone a lot worse. Let me put it to you that way. Yeah, no, he just looks natural, um, whereas issues are – and a couple of the throws that sailed on him were because he was throwing off his back foot in yeah. the pocket. Uh, so the ball had a tendency to sail on him. And that interception, the receiver, there was two receivers on that side. The inside receiver was running a flat route. The outside receiver was actually didn't even look for the ball, went up and it looked like he was going to start blocking. It looked like kind of a quick uh, screen type play. Uh, now, the receiver didn't start blocking, but the receiver didn't even look like he was looking for the ball or going right. into, into a route. So he shouldn't have flicked the ball out there, but it's pretty impressive how he flicked the ball. Out <laughs> I was going to say that the interception was by Dane Jackson, and that was a great catch because the ball it was a, it was a fastball coming 95. Yeah, but I was impressed with, 
a kid that hasn't played much college football, but you just get a sense that the game is not too big for him. The bright yeah. You're going to have to live through the mistakes. Uh, but this guy just has so much raw natural ability and it makes it look easy at times. And like I said, the throw, the corner route, uh, it should have been caught. An NFL receiver has to make that catch because it was put right where it, the ball can only be placed and receivers get paid to make those type of catches. And I will say this, and we didn't talk about it, when Anthony Richard ran the ball a couple times, he ran to the right. He broke a tackle. I think it was a, a it was a, he just scrambled right. He broke a tackle in the backfield and then trucked someone along the sidelines. Then it was a design run to the left. I can't remember if it was called back or not, but you could tell that the defensive back wanted no part of trying to tackle 244 pounds because he looks like an edge rusher. Like he looks like Will Anderson walking down the street, but he's a quarterback who can do all these amazing things with his arm. And I think he's going to be a lot of fun in that offense. Now, you, you you preach tempering the expectations. I would imagine he's starting week one, but is this a situation where you just lean on Jonathan Taylor or are you, you going to open things up a little bit? No, I think it's your week one's going to be totally different than week one in the preseason. Right. So you're probably going to be a little bit more conservative. You're going to probably limit the amount of progressions he has to go through. You, you know, the one thing that was a common theme with watching all these guys is the ball is coming out really quick. Yeah. A lot of spacing routes, a lot of short to intermediate throws, not a lot of deep shots down the field, but they're trying to get the ball out of these guys' hands and limit their time in the pocket uh, and trying to get through the progressions. It is taking the shotgun snap and ball out, shotgun snap, ball out, a lot, and all to these spacing route concepts underneath. Incidentally, Trey Lance did the exact opposite. He kept passing up his first reads and, and taking sacks. I don't know why or when, but that was curious to me. All right, let's stay with the rookie. So let's go now to Carolina and our guy, our QB1, Bryce Young, who I'll say this, Bryce Young has more poise than, you know, probably the rest of the league put together. And I don't know if I'd say that yet. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has some poise. Yeah. Patrick Holmes wishes he was as good as Bryce Young. Uh, but my point is... why no one's going to watch this podcast when you make <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's not the dumbest thing I've said on this podcast, so that should give you some indication. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you agree with that one. But uh, my point is that Bryce Young, the very first play, took a huge hit. Icky Kwan, who had a very tough afternoon from the snaps I watched, the, the second-year left tackle, and... That coupled with the fact that the Jets' defensive line is about 25 guys deep, and they are very, very good. But the very first play, you talk about quick throws. Bryce Young dropped back, looked to his right. I think looked to his left and came back to feel into yeah. his right. And it, it was on time. It's a play that you would expect them to make, but the point is he got smoked, hopped right back up, and continued to run the offense. Finished four of six, only in for two series, 21 passing yards. And it didn't do anything to blow you away, but the, the timing was nice, the ability to get through the reads uh, as – when he had an opportunity to, because he had time back there, it was fun to watch. And I get the sense that he, this moment is not going to be too big for him. The struggles with not being on the best team for the first time in his career is not going to be too big for him. And I think it's an overall a positive. Yeah, no, I thought, you know, you can see that he has some command out there when he's on the field, you can see the calmness, even though he was getting tagged about every other. <laughs> he really was. That one play that uh, he threw one deep to the left, I can't remember who it was. I don't, I don't think it was the chart, but it was a little out of bounds. He still had, he has to make the, give the receiver an opportunity to make the play. The uh, third down play when they were backed up. Uh, yeah, with LaVisca. So, yeah, uh, Chenault, and Chenault ran a, a really bad route. He didn't stem back 
to the quarterback. He put it there and on time, and Chenault didn't get out of his break because he threw the ball with anticipation. So uh, even though it was looked like a rough performance from the offense, totally it looked like the offensive line was like a sieve, but this kid <laughs> took some hits and got right back up, bounced. But there's no question, I think, when he has the ability to have some time, um, that he's going to uh, be a very productive quarterback in this league. The other thing is, you're right, he can get through his progressions, and he did a great job using his eyes to move the safeties on the back end. So you talked about looking to his left, throwing back to his right to feel, and there are things that he did that a veteran does that a rookie normally doesn't do that showed up on the tape that you're not going to see in a stat sheet. Yeah, and his, his second throw was to the right to DJ Shark on a comeback, and um, that was out on time, accurate on his face, and that's all you want to see. And by the way, I made a note here about Icky Aquanu struggling, but but also on the other side, uh, Taylor Moulton was playing the right tackle, and Cade Mays happened to be right guard at that moment, and your guy, Jermaine Johnson, ran a tight uh, a TE stunt with Quentin Jefferson, and jo- jo- <clears throat> excuse me, Jermaine came free through the A-gap and absolutely destroyed Bryce Young. I mean, he knocked him back what felt like 40 yards. I'm sure it felt that way to Bryce, but Bryce hopped back up. Great play by 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 JJ, and that's good to see if you're a Jets fan uh, coming into year two for him. But the, the offensive line has to be a real concern right now if you're Frank Reich. Yeah, if you've seen how they performed uh, in that first two series, but I think that, you know, let's let's temper the, the negativity and the positivity, okay. and, and it's week one in the preseason. All right. I don't know if I mentioned it. Speaking of tempering, I will temper nothing. Anthony Richardson, I gave a B plus. I gave Bryce a B minus. I thought he did pretty well with the the hand he was dealt, and it certainly could have gone a lot worse for him. Didn't do anything spectacular, but really didn't have an opportunity to. So I, I was uh, happy with the way he played. All right, let's move to Tennessee, who faced Chicago, and the Titans did something interesting in that they had Malik Willis started the game, and then Will Levis. They sort of. Um, Alternated series. So we'll talk about Will Levis right now and come back to Malik in, in a second when we talk about the uh, the younger quarterbacks who aren't rookies. And Will Levis finished 9 of 14, 85 yards, had a badish interception at the end of the game. He was trying to force the ball down the field. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I made this note, Rick, that rolling to his right, he's very comfortable. The arm strength's there, no doubt about it. And he can throw pretty accurately on the run. We knew, and you made this note at the pro day, he struggles going to his left to throw the ball. We didn't see him at, he wasn't asked to do any of that. Uh, I thought there's some, at times, questionable decision-making. But again, it, it's his first game. I'm sure he's a little ner- nervous. Um, he almost threw an interception on one of his first throws. Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, who now plays for Chicago, had a chance for uh, an interception and maybe a pick six. But I thought overall, it, it was a, I gave him a B-minus performance. And I thought it's something to grow on. I don't think there's any separation between he and Malik Willis. And we'll talk about Malik in a second, like I said. Which is probably a plus in the Levis column in terms of his opportunity to be the number two. Yeah, no, you can see the arm talent. Um, you can see the athleticism. I thought he moved around. He still looks a little mechanical to me throwing the ball, but he got the ball out on time on some of the throws. Um, where I had the biggest struggle with him, he had a rollout to the right and kept his eyes down the field, hit a, hit a uh, can't remember he threw to, but made a nice throw down the field when he rolled out to his right, keeping his eyes down the field. It was, and this was a learning uh, moment for a rookie quarterback is that when you looked at that last interception, one, he tried to put touch on a ball, which we talked about at the pro day. He's not a great touch thrower. He's usually a 90 mile an hour fastball thrower, but it was third and three, the game on a line uh, under two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 
there was a player that came wide open underneath on a shallow crossing route. And all he had to do was hit him, let the receiver catch it, get a first down, get out of bounds, and the drive would continue. Instead, he tried to force the ball downfield. Uh, they were moving down the field. Uh, they weren't in a red zone, but they were in plus territory. And he threw that poor interception when he should, should have never thrown. So that's something that you'd go back and look at after the game and explain to them, look at the game situation, look at where we are, look at the score of the game. We still have an opportunity to go down and win this game, but you can't make a decision like that. Just be patient, hit the guy wide open underneath because they dropped so deep. Uh, and then let's live for another day. Yeah, I don't know if you said this because I, I was looking for something in my notes. So you talk about the interception. The play before that, he actually made a really good throw. Look at right. probably the best throw of the day. And then he followed it up with, with the mistake that you're talking about. He took two sacks back-to-back -back late in the third quarter. He had tight window throws that he didn't pull the trigger on. I mean, you have the arm strength. It's preseason week one. Pull the trigger, see what happens. I would prefer that happen than just take sacks because that's why you're drafted so high because you have arm strength, you have the athleticism, you have the ability to make those throws. I would have liked to have seen that. Um, but again, not a bad start. I gave him a B minus, just like Bryce Young, um, in terms of, of expectations and the way he played and ability to grow and all that other stuff. All right, let's go to New England. And we're not talking about Bailey Zappi. We're talking about CJ Stroud because they place they, they face the Texans. Now you talk about uh, a young man running for his life. Bryce Young has nothing on CJ Stroud. So CJ was two for four, 13 passing yards, threw that interception, rushed twice for six yards, mostly because he was flush from the pocket from our guy Keon White who we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, interception was a terrible interception. He was going to Tank Dell, who had a great game. Didn't see Jalen Mills, the safety over the top, reading his eyes the whole way and just came downhill on a throw that was late on a comeback. <clears throat> but is there much to take away from this performance? I thought he did okay. I gave him a C- the interception, and then he, he was only on the field for two series, 11 plays, four throws. He was a one this week that looked the most hesitant when he was trying to get through his reads and progressions, even the flat route that he threw out to Nico Collins and Nico Collins trucked. Uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was late. I mean, yeah. there's no question about the arm talent, the arm arm, uh, and how he can throw the ball. He showed some athleticism on a couple of scrambles, but he's the one that looked the most hesitant trying to get through his reads and trying to, recognize what the coverage was behind him. Now they played against New England, who has a very good defense. Uh, and that interception, he didn't see Mills stand, um, you know, playing safety. But Mills, they rotated the coverage after the snap, and Mills kind of underneath neath that. He didn't see the safety coming over the top. So I think that was a growing experience for him. It reminded me a lot of the first half. And you remember when we talked to him about this, he said the uh, – Give the brother some time. <laughs> His I, very first start against who's a Minnesota? Minnesota on a yeah. uh, as a national TV game. I can't on a night game, and I was there and got <laughs> the first half just looked like the first uh, two series here. But afterwards, he went on to be who he was. So I think that will come, and he'll learn from some of those mistakes. But to me, he looked the most hesitant, I guess, out of uh, all the QBs, young QBs that we watched this week. And in, in his defense, no Laramie Tunsil, no Titus Howard, his two bookend offensive tackles. They didn't play. And um, but that may be a recurring theme this year. The the suspect offensive line is something he's gonna work have to work through. And I don't know if there's any way to measure this or what you do about it, but when you come from a program like Ohio State where every offensive lineman feels like he's gonna be a top 15 pick and you go somewhere 
where the team has struggled in recent years. Is there any way to to get a sense for how a quarterback's going to handle that sort of change in people in his face consistently, or is it just something you got to get out there and see what happens? Regardless, but you're still going to have to get the ball out a lot quicker than you had to in college, you know. Okay. And they are paying their two tackles pretty good money. Yeah. Who so, need to be on the field, but it was a preseason yeah. game, and, and Titus has a has an injury. All right, one other quarterback I want to mention, as honorable mention, uh, because I, the reason I, I have him as honorable mention because I don't think there's a chance he plays unless something goes horribly wrong, and also because he's been working at wide receiver at points during training camp. I'm talking about Malik Cunningham, undrafted out of Louisville. We saw him at the Senior Bowl, and uh, he finished three for four, 19 passing yards, five rushes for 34 yards, and concluding a rushing touchdown. And he looked electric out there. He was actually a lot of fun. Started the first half, had made some. Um, lined up at wide receiver for a few snaps and then came in at the end of the game and played quarterback. Uh, he feels like a Bill Belichick chess piece, maybe a uh, Julian Edelman type situation if things go perfectly for him. But I thought it was uh, fun to watch at the end of the game. Yeah, he's he, to me, he's just more of an athlete than he is a quarterback. And athletes that are playing in the fourth quarter in the preseason are usually going to show up because of their athleticism. Um, but to me, he was more exciting make plays with his legs and with his arm. I thought he struggled with his accuracy, uh, best on the move and play action. This guy is not a pocket passer <laughs> by any stretch of the means. And he is the opposite athletically of what Zappy is and what <laughs> Mac Jones is. But How dare you say that about my guy, Mac Jones? He makes plays because of his athleticism. and He right. can scramble around and play some street ball in the fourth quarter. So temper down your expectations there. But I do recognize the athleticism and the potential chess piece. Yeah, well, I, he still gets an honorable mention certificate from me, no matter what you say. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> you did get one. That's true. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about some of the young quarterbacks, second year, and maybe a little older than that, who have a chance to start to get a significant playing time. We'll do that right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. That's right, Rick. NFL returns September 10th to CBS and Paramount Plus. So I'm excited. All right. I'm also excited about my guy. Kenny Pickett finished six for seven for the Steelers in their game against the Buccaneers, 70 passing yards and a touchdown to George Pickens on a, a little uh, skinny post there. Uh, the Bucs didn't start anyone 
no first teamers on, on the defense. So Kenny Pickett was going up against the second teamers. But I'll ask you this. How big is the expectation for the jump for, from year two, one to year two for a rookie quarterback? Because everything you hear out of camp is that Kenny Pickett has made that leap. He's a Jim Rat, all the other sort of superlatives you hear about him. Um, but the expectations appear to have been met in the first few series that he played because he was nearly flawless. Yeah, well, I would say that that's, that jump started last year and after how he finished the season out and how well he played towards the end of the season and now more comfortable in this offense, in this scheme. Um, you can tell like when you watch a C.J. Stroud and the hesitation when he's in the pocket compared to Kenny Pickett, the ball was coming out. He's getting the ball to his playmakers. Uh, Pickett to Pickens will be a very intriguing uh, one-two combination of mm -hmm. back to receiver. So, uh, no, he played very well, looked very confident, very comfortable, uh, again, in the first preseason game. So I think that uh, he's got a chance to have a, a pretty big leap from year one to two. But like I said, I thought he started to make that leap at the end of last year. And um, they also – the offensive line should be better. They have Debo's guy, Isaac Samalu, now playing left guard. He got, some, he got a few snaps there. Um, they have Broderick Jones, who they drafted. I watched his snaps. He looked great against the run. He's, he needs to get stronger uh, in, in pass protection, which isn't necessarily a surprise. And I'll mention quickly Keanu Benton, who they drafted uh, on day two, the interior edge of the interior, the uh, interior defensive lineman out of Wisconsin. Uh, he was a problem against the second and third teamers for, for Tampa Bay. So that's encouraging, too, if you're excited about that. We'll talk about some more Steelers in, in a little bit. Uh, but I gave Kenny Pickett an A plus on the old Ryan Wilson scale, so he's up there with Stetson Bennett and DTR. Oh, well, he's a little better than Stetson Bennett and DTR, but that's fine. Okay. Well, again, I'm I'm overgrading like you suggested I do. Oh, the, I said the, for these college kids. Oh, oh, oh! I just do it all the time now. <laughs> yeah, I got to send you the manual. Oh. Yeah, I didn't get the manual. All right, let's go to Cincinnati where they faced the Packers and Jordan Love. He is not in year two. He is youngish. He's going into year four, but obviously this is his first year as a starter. Seven to ten for forty-six yards and a touchdown. He had one bad miss to Luke Musgrave, the rookie uh, that we liked coming out of Oregon State, the tight end there, who is huge and fast. Luke actually made a few plays that were uh, got your attention, but the ball came out quickly. Again, the recurring thing that you talked about accurately and on time on these short and intermediate throws, saved the, the Luke Musgrave throw. Uh, he showed the ability to flick the ball down the field with, with pretty good arm strength, which we knew that he had. The ball, he has a really good arm. And he throws a very catchable fastball, which you feel like when you talk about Will Levis, he's just putting everything into it. Sometimes it's not an easy ball to catch. Um, I thought he did a great job on the nine route to Christian Watson down the sideline. And Dax Hill just made a great play. Uh, I thought that was as much Dax Hill as anything. And I thought he made a lot of good throws. And I think you have to feel pretty good if you're a Packers fan with what you saw. Because if it went sideways, there would be questions about why Aaron Rodgers left and all that. Yeah, no, I think he's been there long enough to know the system. He looked comfortable. Um, it looks like uh, they want him to grow with all these other young offensive skill guys that they have drafted over the last couple of years. So very encouraging for the first preseason game. And uh, I think that he is going to get better now that he's – it's it's amazing when a guy gets handed the – I want to say handed to him, but now – Hey, you're our starting quarterback. You're not so. Sometimes guys, when they put on the big hat, falter. This guy yeah. seems to be thriving now that he's finally gotten an opportunity uh, to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. 
Yeah, so positive performance for sure. He got a B plus on the Ryan Wilson scale. Congratulations, Jordan. Your uh, certificate will be in the mail. And uh, another certificate I'll be mailing out is to Sam Howe, year two, fifth round pick out of UNC. A year, um, two years ago, I guess there was some first round buzz about Sam Howe. I came to like him more the more I watched him, but obviously he he fell to day three for a reason. He's now the starter and uh, or probably going to be the starter. I don't think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett in, in Washington. Finished nine for 12 for 77 yards and a touchdown uh, against the Browns. We already talked about DTR on the other side of the field. Uh, Sam missed a few throws, but he also, I thought, made a lot of good decisions. The touchdown was more Jahan Dotson just getting wide-ass open and, and making a tough touch down the field, but I was happy that Sam Howell found him and, and got him the ball. Could have gotten to him a little earlier, I thought, but overall, I, I gave him a B, and I thought it was a, a good performance to start off with for the Second-year guy. Yeah, uh, it looked like it was really bad weather. It looked like it was pouring rain, I think, at least on the tape. I didn't get a chance to, to watch it live. But uh, I thought in the first series he came out and uh, looked pretty decisive with his decision-making. Uh, you know, the, he had that poor throw in the red zone early in the game, missed an open seven route that resulted in an interception. Also missed some opportunities. Uh other opportunities in the red zone. I think he needs to get uh, a little quicker uh, through his processing as well. I think that'll come with some more uh, game experience, um, especially in a red zone. I think he was good when they were in open field, but when the field gets condensed and there's not as much room to work when they're down in that red zone area, he just didn't seem like the same quarterback as he was when they were playing in the middle of the field. And I think that comes with time and experience, there's no question about his legs. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. He just looks like Baker Mayfield to me. It's, yeah. It's, no, that's sadly, that was the comp I had for him coming out. So that probably doesn't make you feel any better, but that's the sense you get. That's hard for me to believe that you would have a comp that I actually came up with, but that's I know I'm, I'm with you. I'm shocked as well. Comps, Debo, like 22,000 to one. I think I have two. Yeah. yeah and the one was a fixed. <laughs> Whatever. I Look, I'll take what I can get at this point. Um, yeah, I think it's a good start for for Sam Howell. L- let me ask you, you talk about the red zone, not concerns, but it's something that caught your attention. You mentioned that's just a function probably uh, of experience, but is that something as a play caller you try to work around? Or in the preseason, you're just like, all right, let's 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 try to make this happen like we would if we are just running. They're trying to see, and then they're trying to feel what the quarterback does best too. But I just didn't think he was decisive because things happen a lot quicker. The field's condensed. Uh, there's not as much space for the receivers to get open. So you just have to, he has to get better functioning in the red zone. Okay. Another guy that's looking for, for some playing time here and he's in the battle with Will Levis for the number two job behind Ryan Tannehill is Malik Willis, third round pick last year. Again, first round buzz about him coming out and he, he felt a late day two and he started the game for Tennessee and he actually threw for about a hundred more yards, finished 16 for 25 for 189. And didn't have a touchdown. Threw a terrible, terrible, terrible interception in the uh, uh, high red zone. I guess from the twenty-five yard line. Yep. Yeah. Kind of throw a corner out. Oh my gosh. Um, I'll come back to that in a second. But I thought some of the things I liked. I thought he threw well on the run and off platform. The arm strength is there. We knew about all those things. Um, it shows the ability to throw from different arm angles in the pocket when he can't set his feet, which is encouraging. Um, he will stare down the target at time and force the ball into coverages that leave you scratching your head. And I'm not talking uh, on intermediate or deep throws, just 
plays right in front of him, and you get the sense maybe he just locked on and he's not going to get off of it. And then I mentioned the interception. It was to to uh, Josh Wyler, the tight end. No one around Malik in the pocket had all day to throw. He tried to step on one and, and miss Wiley high. Now, look, Wiley perhaps could have caught the ball, or he could just hit him in the chest and, and then get the ball down to the five-yard line. So that's an interception that can't happen. But I thought he did some things pretty well, and, and I was overall happy with the way he played. And as I mentioned earlier, I thought he and Will Levis remain neck and neck in terms of their performances, and I don't know if it moves a needle one way or the other, although Will Levis is younger. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said, the, the... – Red zone, uh, missed that open seven route. Um, he also, I thought, struggled with his progression in the red zone, just similar to how when it got when that uh, area shrinks on the field. Um, the one thing that I noticed, though, is he is much more comfortable from shotgun. And there were a few, huh. maybe a couple snaps that he had to take a uh, snap from center, and he just looked and not a lot of urgency when he had to do the three, five, or seven-step drop. So that needs to speed up. Um, and if they're going to run Derrick Henry and they're going to run play action, he's going to have to throw from taking uh, snaps from a center. His processing and his mechanics definitely need to speed up. By the way, you talk about Derrick Henry. Ty J. Spears, their uh, third round, I think he went. He went on day two. Running back out of Tulane, he was fun to watch. He had some he had some impressive runs early on. Six rushes for 32 yards. That's a nice um, changeup, if you will, to Derrick Henry. So hopefully he stays healthy and gets a chance to contribute offensively. But he was fun to watch in that game as well. One other quarterback we'll talk about quickly, then we'll take a break and take a look at some some sort of team matchups. I watched Trey Lance this morning. I don't know if you had a chance to watch him. Um, went 10 to 15 for 112 yards, a touchdown, played in the first half of that game. It was a sloppy game. You, you hinted at the, the lack of offensive line protection. He took a ton of sacks, and uh, I counted at least three of them. The, he passed up the first option, which was there. might have been a tight window throw. Uh, maybe the ball comes out quickly, and he tried to get through his progression and then just got crushed. So I applaud him for trying to get through his reads. Look, yeah, comfortable. Didn't yeah. look comfortable at all. And maybe that's a function not playing for almost a year. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I would say this. Usually, guys, if you throw a ball out and it's just a pickup game, they figure out a way. You could always tell guys and just go out there and play, even though I understand the pressure he was getting. He just looked painful watching, trying to get through his progressions, and he just did not look comfortable uh, uh, the whole game. And then the touchdown should have been an exception. So the touchdown, he he rolls to his left. Uh, it's an over that's wide-ass open. If he throws, he tries to set his feet and get his shoulders straight. And if you just throw off platform, there's a chance that the wide receiver, I think it was Chris Conley, just catches the ball in the back of the end zone. But he set his feet, got his shoulders pointed in the right direction. And by that point, the, the window had closed, and it just ricocheted and went to the, the tight end, I believe. I think Ross Dwelly caught it off a of ricochet for a touchdown. That should have been an interception. Or if he had thrown it earlier, uh, a touchdown to to the intended target. So it feels like, and again, you say don't read too much into this, but right now this is Brock Purdy's team. Oh yeah, no no question. Yeah, especially after what you watched. Right, and I haven't seen Brock Purdy in practice, but what how Brock Purdy? He's not as athletic, or maybe is not naturally gifted. But Brock Purdy, what he showed us last year, he knows how to play the position, and. You know, it's just like Stetson Bennett, what we talked about earlier. You know, he's not the biggest, not the fastest, but he just has that, knows how to play the position. And you just feel, to me, it's like you cringed when Russell Wilson was playing last year, trying to watch Denver's offense. Yeah. 
I kind of cringed watching mm. Trey Lance try to run that offense. It just felt uncomfortable watching. By the way, I did watch all of Russell Wilson snaps because I was curious. I saw some people on Twitter saying he looked bad. He actually looked pretty good. Yep. I gave him a B plus. If you uh, want to want to tell uh, George that I gave him a B plus, might make him feel better. Um, yeah, I'll make sure I call him right after the show. <laughs> so he'll be excited to hear that. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it. Sam Howell gave a B. Malik Willis gave a B minus, same grade I gave Will Levis. And then Trey Lance gave him a C minus, same grade I gave CJ Stroud. Although uh, CJ's in year one and Trey Lance is in year three. They appear to be um, maybe going in different directions. We'll see. But anyway, that's the quarterbacks, the rookies, and the young quarterbacks with a chance to play this year. We'll take a quick break and talk about some of these other players at non-quarterback positions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So NFL, September 10th, CBS Paramount Plus. September 2nd, we're doing a little Big Ten football this year on CBS and Paramount Plus. So it's all coming together. Excited. Maybe Debo will get us on the road somewhere for a uh, with the first pick live show. Yeah, let's just let's just try to get through this show here. We got about two hundred more guys to get through. Uh, you said you had nothing to do till tomorrow. Big news on the next podcast, but where Rick's going tomorrow, we don't want to talk about it now because we're not mad. talking about it. <laughs> He's going to walk off the show, Devo. All right, let's go to Detroit, where Rick spent some time last week to see his brother, and of course to see the Lions. And they were practicing joint practice with the Giants. And you sent out a tweet day one: Aiden Hutchinson was unblockable. Uh, you liked a lot of what you saw day two. You thought the Giants looked a little better in, in that practice, and they played uh, over the weekend. And some guys of note, Jameer Gibbs, six rushes, 19 yards. Didn't do a whole lot on the stat sheet, but the quickness obviously showed up there. He had one reception for 18 yards. Brian Branch, the very first play that he was involved in, he absolutely blew up uh, Cole Beasley. I mean, he came from the other side of the field, looked like a laser shot out of a cannon, looked nothing like the 4-6 guy that he timed at, looked like the guy that we saw on the field at Alabama last year. And Jack Campbell, a lot of his athleticism flashed as well. I thought he could have gotten – he might need to get a little stronger at the point of attack standing up next to some of these interior offensive linemen. Rick Schick said no. He can talk about that. So let's talk about some of these Lions players and what you saw. Yeah, just uh, my impression uh, on a couple of these guys. There's no question Jameer Gibbs, to me, is going to be a significant part of their offense. Even the plays that you saw in the game, um, for a smaller back, he has excellent vision in line, and he runs strong for a smaller back and didn't have any explosive plays. Made the great catch uh, coming out for, like I think, 16- or 17-yard gain. Uh, caught the ball and got it upfield. During practice, they ran him from the slot on a kind of out and up route, like a wheel route. And he went up between two defenders and made the catch. And I had to look at, I thought it was a receiver and I went up and looked and I just saw, Oh no, that was, that was Gibbs. But um, yeah, he's definitely going to help. Brian branch uh, will be their starting Nick and talking to some people up there. He can play safety. Uh, and some think if he had to go out and play corner, he can mm. definitely do that. But intelligent, Play speed and time speed are two different things because play speed, he looked like a 4-4 guy the way he came across the field. Yep. And he is tougher than uh, nails. Uh, nails, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, before you yell at me, I was just checking my notes. 
It wasn't Jack. Jack Campbell actually had a nice. He shut a, a left a, a block from the left guard and made a play in the running in the running back. So he wasn't. He was very stout at the point of attack. Let me say. So let me take that back because I don't want you yelling at me about that. But continue about Brian Burns. Yeah. So he'll he'll be a he'll be a uh, get a lot of significant play time, and I think with um, Chauncey Gardner, they that'll move Chauncey back to the safety position because of the way Branches is playing and then Jack Campbell there one of the concerns was the defensive front versus the run last year which they had to get better and they do I don't want to talk about all some of these young guys remember Pasquale that came out of Kentucky yeah, Josh out of Kentucky yeah he's going to be a monster uh in in the interior not only is a pass rusher but he's had a great camp there so I don't was know. he injured last year was that part of the issue yeah injured and young uh yeah. so he's a freak athlete from what I remember in Kentucky and plays with his hair on fire. <laughs> so, and then I got yelled at on the uh, the Twitter thing because uh, they were saying Hutchinson was going up against the backup tackle. And fourth- is that Hutchinson's fault? Yeah, no, I was, apparently it is. But <laughs> he's a good football player. He's going to be a double digit sack guy. Uh, but Jack Campbell is one of the best rookie linebackers I've seen stepping up, taking on blocks at the point getting off the blocks and finding the ball carrier. You saw his range from sideline to sideline. Yeah. And he's a very good and covered better athlete than maybe people anticipated he would be. But he's going to be a uh, solid addition uh, to their defense, especially the front seven. And he's the one making all the calls right now, which is really wow. rookie on how intelligent he is. And then don't fall asleep, even though he didn't show up in the stat sheet much as Sam Laporta. He's going to have a drop. He's going to have a big year. Look very, very good in the combined practices that I watched. So good, yeah. And I don't want to hold that against him, but he had a chance for a, a big catch there early in the game, and it went through his hands. I'm sure he wasn't happy about that, but the athleticism is, is there. And as I look over my Jack Campbell notes, I, I even noted more than once he showed the ability to shed uh, interior offensive line blocks quickly and get to the running back in the hole for to to limit the gain. So I, I was thinking about another guy. We'll talk about in a second. You're talking about the guy from Dallas. That's exactly who I was looking at. Former safety, by the way. But yeah, and the athleticism for for Jack Campbell, fluid movements in space, start, stop, change direction, acceleration, shows ability to cover speedy running backs in the flat and stay with them. Those all things that get your attention. So overall, you were impressed with the practices and, and the um, performances of the young players for Detroit in their, in their games and practices with the line. Uh, their, yeah. Yeah. Yep, I still believe they're my uh, favorites to win the NFC North and get into that playoffs this year. I want to make note of one player on the other team, rookie Deontay Banks, the the cornerback, first round pick, twenty uh, fourth overall out of Maryland. And again, coming into the season, he was sort of not high on folks' radar, and then had a great campaign. He lined up opposite uh, Jameson Williams for most of the time that Jameson was out there, and he got the best of Jameson. Now Jameson dropped the ball deep on a deep over, but. Deontay Banks was running stride for stride with him. That was 4-3 speed versus 4-3 speed. And he's big. He's physical. He is so smooth in his movements, in and out of breaks, on comebacks. I think, and I had read, I hadn't seen, but I had read that he'd struggled early in camp. I think you have to be extremely excited with what you saw against a wide receiver one caliber player when he's healthy. Yeah, no, he he stuck out of practice a little bit. If he plays man coverage and the way he can press, turn his hips and run and mirror receivers out of their breaks, uh, he's going to be very good for that defense and got his uh, hands on a few balls during practice, at least where I was at. And uh, he's going to be a uh, very, very nice addition to that uh, Giants defense. 
lined up mostly outside except for a couple times um, when Williams was, uh, Jameson was in the slot. He lined up there with him, but mostly he'd lined up on the right side. All right, we'll hit some other players and teams here. We'll get through this a little quickly, Rick, so we're not here all day. Let's go to Jacksonville and Dallas, and let's start. Would you give me your one-minute takeaway uh, of Deuce Vaughn? Eight rushes, 50 yards. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown, had three receptions for six yards. He looked absolutely electric uh, before he got hit. Yeah, some of these tiny guys uh, s- stuck out uh, this 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 weekend, and that's telling you where the NFL is evolving into this space game and getting these young, uh, undersized, talented athletes uh, in the open field, letting them do. But Deuce, yeah, I mean, he showed what he showed in college. Great vision in line, very quick, very elusive. Uh, biggest negative on him is that he's not going to move the pile. And usually when he goes down, he goes down on the first hit. But yeah. very athletic, caught the ball very well. Um, only concern that I have is that if they're going to run the ball, like Mike McCarthy said, uh, McCartney said, is that him and Pollard, now Pollard goes down. This guy is not a bell cow running back. And yeah. And you talked about this. I, I went back and listened to our conversations about the running backs prior to the draft with Emory Hunt. And one of your other concerns was pass protection. Yeah. Now, Jameer Gibbs, he was very impressive in pass protection this past weekend That when, when I broke down all the pass protection stuff. Uh, Deuce will have issues if he has to pass protect. But they always had that Dallas one-two punch. And this could be a great combination with Deuce and Pollard, but if Pollard gets hurt and Deuce has to be the lead bell or the lead uh, bell cow, I don't know if he's built to do that. By the way, Deuce had one kick return for 30 yards as well, so he adds that versatility on special teams. And you mentioned, and I noticed, once there's contact from a, even a you know safety that outweighs him by 20, 30 pounds, a linebacker on up, he goes down. But the thing is, it's hard to, if we were playing flag football, he might have these same numbers. Like he is so hard to get a hand on. And the open field, it's a wrap. You're, you're not getting him. Yeah, but it's hard to see him because, you know, and when you're a defender and you're looking and you're trying to find the damn guy (laughs) in this like cloud of giants and all of a sudden this little little quick twitch running back just squirts out of the hole and before you can uh, recognize where he's at, he's gone. Yeah, six-round pick. Um, I think you were with me. We we. We weren't sure he would get drafted. Our guy, Emory Hunt, liked him a lot. And first good impressions for him. So congratulations to Deuce Vaughn for that. His teammate, DeMarvian, uh, De- uh, overshone third-round linebacker. He was the sixth linebacker taken. Uh, he played mostly off-ball. And he looked like a safety out there. He's a former safety. And um, 4'6 guy coming out, 6'3", 220. He looked about 6'3", 220. And he is a sideline-to-sideline guy all day long. He is a hard hitter. But he does struggle to get up blocks. Yeah, that was a thing. Uh from an instinctual standpoint, he was. I thought he showed good instincts. The range is there. The athleticism is there. But, boy, a couple of times he got, got tossed out of the bar. Yeah. He doesn't have – he doesn't know how to use his hands. He's light. When those offensive line – one time he got punched to the ground pretty yeah. violently. The other time he just – once they get their hands on him, he was done. So he has to learn. But his athleticism, and you see a couple of times – when he shoots through the gaps or he works through trash without getting tied up, he can find the ball. He just, he's going to have what I call a lot of clean air production uh, versus trying to shut off a block and being productive that way. 
Yeah, he ain't trying to take on blocks. He has the athleticism to to sort of work away, work his way around blocks. You just have to be careful that you're not running yourself out of plays. So the athleticism was certainly there, but just a function of getting stronger, and that's not going to happen overnight. It might be a couple year process, but the athleticism flashed um, against the, the Jaguars there. All right, let's go back to to Houston. New England, and I'll give you two guys to talk about. They were on the field at the same time. Tank Dell, the the wide receiver, the smallest wide receiver, 5'8", 265, uh, 165-ish, excuse me. Absolute burner out of Houston, drafted by the the Texans. And then Keon White, who was drafted in the second round. Um, We talked about him a lot. 280-ish coming out, and he absolutely destroyed whoever was in front of him. The edge playing. He played a lot of nine technique, played a little five, so they had him lined up everywhere. And I, he feels like he's going to get a lot of time for the Patriots if we see this sort of stuff going forward. Yeah, on White, uh, the versatility showed up. They played him from a two-point, which is a guy 280 pounds. Uh, <laughs> you don't see him doing. But uh, he is very strong at the point, opposite of what we just talked about overshown. He can stack offensive tackles. He was instinctive to find the ball. Uh, he plays another guy that plays with his hair on fire as a pass rusher. He is all speed to power. He has to learn how to counter, but he was so productive because of the effort energy that he plays with, and that showed up, even closing from the backside, and he can run for a big man. So uh, very good uh, very good football player, and the motor is nonstop, which would make him better. And the athleticism was surprising for a man that size. Yeah, yeah, and we saw that down at the Senior Bowl a little bit, uh, but this guy is uh, – when you watch tape, I always just kind of try to get a feel for, do they love to play the game? This guy yeah. loves to play ball. feels like Tank Dell loves to play the game, too. Had a nice touchdown in the end zone. On a, well, it was a double catch, but the concentration was there, and he they were not covering Tank Dell no. um, if he no, wanted to get it. And it's the same thing we saw at the Senior Bowl. When yeah. he's in space and his route running ability to get open uh, was incredible. And even when they put him outside, how twitchy he is to – not get jammed at the line of scrimmage because sometimes smaller guys, you think you got to put them in the slot where they're backed off. So the DB doesn't jam them. Uh, but he can, he can go now. Uh, and the only thing is Davis Mills was in there a lot throwing the ball when he yeah. was making the catches. If you hit him in stride, he's going to have a lot more yards than what he had. Uh, because the one time he did hit him in stride, you seen that speed and acceleration afterwards. Yep. Some of the other catches, he made good catches, but he had to slow down or adjust to the ball. And to me, that negated his speed and his athleticism after the catch. Absolutely. All right, let's go back to Green Bay and uh, the Cincinnati game. There, We talked about Jordan Love already. Musgrave, he touched on a little bit, the second-round tight end. Uh, he looks apart. He's huge. He's smooth. He's fast. He's probably going to get a lot of playing time if he's healthy. But I want to talk about Carrington Valentine, who we saw at the Kentucky Pro Day. Yeah. Cornerback, seventh-round pick. Every time I was watching Jordan Love, or uh, every time I was watching um, the the Bengals' offense, Carrington Valentine was flashing, and I want to ask you about him because he's athletically he he rates he's top five percent or whatever. And this is when you draft a guy in the seventh round. Hope you hit on one of these guys who have the athleticism and you, they can grow into a role. Yeah, no, that was the same thing. Uh, who was a corner that came out of uh, that's with Kansas City that got drafted on Saturday? that had all these great physical traits. He's their best corner right now in Kansas City. I can't think of his name right I'll look it up. Top of my head, but came from a small school, but we were at that work. Oh, Josh Josh Williams out of Fable State? No, no. He's been there uh, a couple years. Legarius? Yeah, 
Legere Sneed, yeah. Former safety his final year. Cornerback safety then went, went yeah. to corner once he got into the league. Yep. Yeah. And um uh, but Valentine reminded me a lot of him. Oh, okay. A little bit because of the size. And you know, he was smoother working out than when you watch the tape on him, and we saw that at yep. the uh at the workout. And I remember you were criticizing him, and I said this guy's <laughs> gotta be he has some tools to work with. So. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that part up. I don't know if that's true. I can't remember, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, and Andre Yeshivas, the the six-round wide receiver out of Princeton, also had four catches for 50 yards. Big target. Uh, he's a heptathlon. He, he's pretty fast. He ran 4-4-3 at the combine. And, um, oh, that's why, why why Valentine popped, because he was matching up against Yeshivas, and he was giving Yeshivas trouble. That's that's where I saw the matchup there. He did right. make some plays, and he does have the physicality to, to be a big target down the field. I don't know much he'll play, but I just put him on here because I, that matchup was intriguing to me. Yeah, and, and the only thing is I don't think he plays it at four four three speed or whatever he ran. Yeah. I think he's still thinking, uh, but you do see the large catching radius and the ability, athletic skill set to – kind of torque and adjust to the ball. He just needs to get a lot, little stronger, and he ha- needs to have a little more sense of urgency getting upfield into his routes. All right. Um, we talked about, in terms of the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, of course, and I mentioned Keanu Benton and, and Broderick Jones, um, their first few draft picks there. But Calvin Austin also flashed a little bit, going back to the smaller wide receivers, going into year two, didn't play last year because of an injury, and he looked a lot like Tank Dell and, and Deuce Vaughn in terms of being electric in the open field. What are you shaking your head about? No, we'll talk about it. Go ahead. Give me your opinion because you're wrong on this one. Oh, I just like that. I, I liked his game. Uh, he's not going to break a bunch of tackles, but neither is Deuce Vaughn or Tank Dell actually might run through some arm tackles. I thought he consistently went off the line of scrimmage. He lined up outside a lot, which I was curious about. I don't know if that's just a week one preseason thing or if that's a plan. He feels like he's much more dangerous in the slot, uh, has an easier ability to get open. Uh, showed late separation on deep routes. We saw him catch that 67-yarder from Mason Rudolph late in the game. Um, and obviously he, he's a burner. He ran in the, I believe he ran in the four threes at the combine a few years ago. Uh, what are you shaking your head about? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, when he, he has to, the other opportunities he had when he couldn't get separation, like he did on that 67 yard touchdown yeah, is a small target down the field. And he's not going to win if a DB's on top of him. The only way he won because he was five yards past the <laughs> And he was. But let me ask you this, because I mentioned it. So you have George Pickens, you have Deontay Johnson. There's no reason for him to be lined up outside anyway, right? Well, I'm just talking about in general. He can okay. run him from the slot. You can line him, you know, put him, have him stand on his head and spit wood nickels and run <laughs> down the field. He's still not going to see him. <laughs> I'll make a note of that one. <laughs> but, you know, you saw the speed on two jet sweeps that he ran. Yeah. Uh, and even the uh, boot pass that he caught along the sideline there, after he got hit, he fumbled. Actually, fumbled the ball uh, out of bounds. Out of bounds, but he fumbled the ball, and he's better ball security. All right, but he is not in the same category as a route runner, uh, as or as a receiver that Tank Dell is. Okay, I'll give you that. Fair enough. I just meant size wise. But yeah, no, I won't argue with you on that. Yeah, apparently you, you don't clarify that right at the beginning. You said this is a lot like Tank Dell when he's not. All right, Debo will go back and add that in, though, so it'll make me look like I'm, I know what I'm talking about. All right, we talked about Bryce Young in the Carolina um, Panthers-New York Jets game. Will McDonald had a sack, had a ton of pressure. Um, he struggled to get up blocks against the, some offensive tackles, but you want you line him up wide nine and say, go get him, and, and he's a problem. Yeah, no, athletic, can bend, can do all that. He's going to be a DPR. He needs yep. a strong designated pass rusher. Um, but that's what the issue when you watched him at Iowa State is that he's not going to go 
in the briar bush and and sit there and, and uh, <laughs> briar bush. Yeah, he's going to get pinged around in the briar bush. Yeah, which is a runner when he has to take on guys. But put him out there, let him use his athleticism, and he showed a lot of flashes. And there's another guy that loves to play the game because he goes uh, hair on fire uh, every snap. And that defense is going to be a huge problem for whoever's playing. Oh, my gosh. So, look, and by the way, we should know, we we gave the Jets sort of a hard time for getting hoodwinked out of an offensive tackle during the draft, and they had to, quote-unquote, settle at 115, uh, the 15th pick in the first round for Will McDonald. Might turn out to be a pretty good selection because, as you know, he'll be a, a designated pass rusher, sort of probably like what Alden Smith did his first season in San Francisco, where he just comes in and, and dominates because he has one job to do. They're not going to ask him to do a whole bunch other than line up probably nine technique and go after it, right? Yeah, no, and they may have, and they said they liked him, and I could see why they like him. So yeah. if this is a consolation prize, it may be a better consolation prize. And uh, although I have major concerns uh, keeping Aaron Rodgers protected with the tackle they're trying to play with. Yeah, that is the other that is the other concern. The defense may have to win a few games, which sounds funny to say when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Uh, the other guy I wanted to mention from that game was uh, fifth round pick. For the Jets, running back Israel Abanaconda out of um, out of Pitt. He ran sub four four during his pro day, I believe. I don't think he ran at the combine, and he finished twelve rushes, fifty six yards, and had three receptions for thirty one yards. Again, he's a problem. Like he he was hard to tackle. Yeah, he didn't go down on, on first contact. Had good contact balance, and I think um, with Brees Hall coming back from the ACL, and then Michael Carter's um, not the same size. I don't think he's the same size as Abanaconda, who's five ten two sixteen. Maybe he is, but either way, he provides some depth there and probably get a chance to, to play early on. Yeah, his run style with a one cut, put your foot in the ground, is a little bit like Pacheco because of the speed. Um, and you know, I made I think comparison to. The running back that came out of Indiana that bounced around the, the speed guy. Uh, was it Delvin, Telvin Coleman? Oh, Telvin Coleman? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But that type of style of runner. And this guy does have some Pacheco in him as well. And by the way, he also has kick return ability. And you sort of saw that in the screen game. He got the ball in space. And it was just basically punt return left, punt return right. And, he, and again, he, he has the speed and the ability to make guys miss in the open field. So uh, another huge pickup and a good start for him. And then... Going to Philadelphia to see Debo's Eagles. Talk about my guy Sidney Brown, third round pick, safety, dominant, dominant. Rick, what are you laughing at? I look. We had questions about his size. We had questions about whether he had to play closer to the line of scrimmage or not. He looked incredibly comfortable out there, and and I was impressed uh, with the nine tackles he had. Deep safety played cover two and played a little single high by himself. He did play cl- closer to the line of scrimmage at times. Um, against the run, he was an absolute missile coming downhill. You might have questions about how you use him in the pass game, and I understand that against bigger tight ends. But he was able to stay with the tight ends. Just the size difference might be a concern. Um, and one play that stuck out to me, we talked about Keaton Mitchell coming out of ECU last year. Uh, he was on the field, speedster running back. Um, he got an angle on, on Keaton Mitchell trying to get to the perimeter and absolutely took him out. Now, it was he only got three yards in the play. It was third and one or whatever, so the first down. But the fact that he saved – uh, more yardage got my attention. So I was extremely impressed with him. Our guy, Eli Ricks, I watched his snaps. He had two pass defended and an interception pick six. And he looked like a first round pick out there. He looked like Carrington Valentine. And he, uh, you know, had come together into this great cornerback. Keely Ringo had a pass defended, but he also got burnt for a touchdown. And then Jalen Carter played literally two plays and he, he was a game wrecker in two plays. Yeah. Well, 
crown him king, Debo. They won us. Why, why have we been playing this season? They're going. <laughs> well, Debo's happy about that. <laughs> oh, did and you watch? To make a note on Brown, he did answer some of those questions about playing in the deep part of the field because they played him a lot of man coverage and tight to the line of scrimmage when he was at Illinois. Yeah. He answered a lot of those questions because he had a really good senior bowl and some of those playing deep half of the uh, field at the senior bowl. Uh, he was able to you were able to put a check by that box that he probably is going to be able to do it. I think he was the third safety drafted after your guy, Brian Branch, and then um, his teammate, Quan Martin, um, went to the commanders in the second round. So uh, good start for him and all those other Georgia kids actually did pretty well. Nolan Smith. Uh, I watched a few of his pass rush snaps. He he struggled to 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 do anything, but that's early on. I'm not worried about that. And one other player I want to mention, and this is a guy that we talked about during the draft process, ended up going undrafted because of his size. Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati, undrafted to Minnesota. I mean, my man went crazy in that game against the Seahawks. Like he was everywhere. Um, four tackles, two assisted tackles. He was good against the run. I thought he was solid in coverage. I don't know if you had a chance to watch him play, but here's an example. We talked about the linebackers on the scout, summer scouting series last week, and instincts are incredibly important to, to the evaluation process as you laid it out there. I was impressed with how instinctual he seemed to be in space. Yeah, no. When you watch his tape in college, this guy was a football player and a throwback uh, linebacker. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest difference was can he his athleticism in space and coverage. And I think there's still some limitations there, but there's no question if, if you're checking the instinct box and the intensity to play the position, uh, he's get he'll get an A plus in both those categories. So, do you think there's a chance? I don't know. Do you know Brian Flores at all? No. I wonder because he's obviously the new defensive coordinator there in Minnesota, and I wonder if there's a chance that he he beats out. I think Jordan Hicks is in front of him for playing time. Or is that a situation where you just roll with the veteran and, and continue to to maybe ease him into the role? Yeah, I, I think they'll they'll uh, determine that as they go. But you, you, the one thing I know is coaches want to win games just like everybody else does, so play yeah. players. Um, any other players that you saw that you want to note? The other, other player that, that we, uh, I wanted to see, uh, Paris Johnson, and just how he played. Oh, yeah. What would you think? Uh, very impressed with him. Me uh, too. Well, yeah, started at right tackle. Uh, he was physical in the run game, uh, very patient in pass protection. He, uh, I don't want to say I didn't expect that, but I think he's going to be a day one starter, solid starter uh, on how well he looked in that first preseason game. Because as you mentioned, some of these guys that you watch, especially the offensive linemen, uh, they have to have that, I will call it maturity, that um, ability to read and recognize things. And uh, the game was not too big for Paris Johnson. I think that was a great pick for getting all the value that they got by trading yep. down and trading back up to get him. So they traded up to six to get him. And a lot of times he was going up against Randy Gregory, who plays for the Broncos now. So it wasn't just some guy out there who's going to be tending bar in a couple of weeks. It, it was a, a legit former first-round pick edge rusher. And it's fun, funny to watch Paris Johnson Jr. compared to Broderick Jones because they are at different points in their travels right, right. now. Yeah, and, Paris Johnson Jr. was ready to go. I mean, yeah. He played with the poise of a veteran, I thought, for his first season game. Let me ask you this, because I think my opinion about Paris changed at the pro day, just seeing the athleticism in person. Is that a thing, or is that, that athleticism show up on tape? Because I didn't see it as much. Yeah, no, that's why we were able to go to all these pro days, because you can see some things to maybe that you maybe had a question on, but when you get to see these guys move around and see them at these pro days, 
um, that can answer some of the questions you may have had. And he was in great shape, so that tells yeah. you how important it was for him uh, to have that job interview at that Ohio State Pro Day. Of course, the other side of that coin is that Dewan Jones wore sweatpants, and he wasn't in great shape, and he had a pretty good uh, start to his career so far, too. So a couple well, ways to skin a cat, Rick. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, to mention quickly before we get out of here, uh, we didn't talk about Tanner McKee who had a pretty good showing for Debo's Eagles or Jake Hayner, who played pretty well for the Saints, just because I don't think they're going to get a lot of playing time this year, but maybe we'll circle back over the preseason and take a look at their games. We're mostly focused on the young quarterbacks who have a chance to start or or see playing time for various reasons. But that is it. Not too much longer than usual, Rick, just a little over. So you have time to to go outside and cut the grass and do whatever you have planned today. That's a wrap on episode 71. If you haven't yet, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating if you like what we do. Thanks, as always, to my guy Rick. Thanks to Devo for producing, and thanks to you guys for watching and listening. We'll be back Thursday for our Summer Sky Series finale. See you guys then.